0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Hurt Out Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Proudly part of the Hill Harky Network. I am Greg Smith, your freshly recharged from vacation friend. Uh, today I am joined by Hill Varsi, deputy editor Aaron Sorensen. Aaron, thank you for being back on the show. How are you?
1: Thank you. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I I am going to be honest. My brain is just struggling today for whatever reason. So just fair warning
0: that that will that always makes for you know interesting podcasting though it makes for
1: something
0: (laughs) I mean listen I was trying to spin it to the positive not positive for me today it's it's fine (laughs) like I feel like I am like a little bit more with it today than I thought I would be um to be honest so like maybe you've just picked up my slack the other way
1: I think what is happening. So if for anyone listening, we are recording this on a Monday, which just also happens to be president's day, which we do not have off, but a lot of people do. And so I think people are kind of like throwing me off a little bit because I'm seeing so many people like not like their kids aren't in school or they're at home or they're treating it like today is Sunday. And so I think my brain is just uh, struggling to sort of acknowledge what day i'm existing in even though like it's totally normal work day for me but like seeing everyone else i'm either having like serious fomo i don't know
0: yeah it's a weird one because this is why i have like those calendar alerts for these holidays because otherwise i forget um and i still forgot again anyway um yeah people are off of work um Mm -hmm. today right right so you know it happens um but here we are um to record this amazing podcast and again thank you uh, for hopping on um and today uh, we're gonna launch in here uh with our first segment of the show we always have a few mainstays of the show the first one is called coach speak where we go over something that a coach player or talking head said and then we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant coach speak to real talk now, this one is a popular choice, but he's always saying something. It's not just because I like him. I do believe the last time that you were on the show, our coach speak was by, we're from LeBron James, um, and it's going to be from him a- again today because I find this interesting. Um, he said this over All-Star Weekend. He had a lot to say over All-Star Weekend. Um, he said, quote, the door is not closed on that, as he told The Athletic on Saturday when asked about a potential return to Cleveland. The All-Star Game is in Cleveland, if you didn't know. Uh, I'm not saying I'm coming back and playing I don't know I don't know what my future holds I don't know even when I, I don't even know when I'm free um, now he did leave a kind of a caveat as he said he did not want to play on a discount but there is a caveat with that quote my last year will be played with my son James said wherever Bronny is at that's where I'll be I would do whatever it takes to play with my son for one year it's not about the money at that point let's break that down so Aaron what does that mean
1: Um, What that means is I hope, uh, I hope Bronny like wants to play with his dad. I didn't think about like, can you imagine you're just trying to get like your first year in the league and you're like, Oh, my dad's around all the time. Now I'm sure he wouldn't have said that if like Bronny wasn't like in, in like agreement and like, this is awesome. Happy to do it. I mean, I'm not surprised. I think, I think we kind of know that um, LeBron LeBron will not play forever. That's just the unfortunate reality of it. I'm a big LeBron fan too, but I think, you know, what he does, just like anybody, whether it's uh somebody like a Tom Brady, anyone who is anyone who has played a professional sport for as long as they have, on top of the fact that you've played, you know a long time growing up to get where you are professionally. Like it is a lot on your body. It is a lot of like, at some point you, ha- you, you have to be done. Like at some point you have to be able to move on. And I think for him, I, I think a lot of people knew that LeBron was waiting for Bronny to get to the NBA. He wants to be able to play with him. Uh, we, that doesn't seem like a shock. I think I was not really realizing that like, he wants to not just play in the NBA at the same time as him. He wants to, be on the same team, which I mean, again, hopefully Bronny's cool with, but I assume that they have spoken about this before, but I would say wherever Bronny goes, that team is going to happily take LeBron because there's just so much PR good PR out of that. Like you're going to get all kinds of storylines. You're going to get all kinds of people. You're going to like be able to do all kinds of things with that. So from like a PR perspective, I think, you know, people will make that happen. They won't, they won't care if LeBron plays a lot or not. They're just going to want his presence around. I think at this point, anyway, he's starting to kind of step into these coaching roles on teams where he's really just helping everyone else around him. Anyway, he's still great, but I'm just saying, um, I think that's kind of what he's viewing it as is like, he doesn't need to go to this team and be their star player. He just wants to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, it's so, I mean, there's a lot there because what I had honestly in thinking about this had not considered like what would that be like to actually to have your dad around if you <laughs> <laughs> right you're in the NBA like you obviously that's, pro- that's probably I assume like Bronny's dream as well to make it to the NBA so like to do that it, it's already enough also with the pressure it's already enough pressure on him um, and LeBron has actually said this publicly before that he, if he had to do it over again he would not have named him LeBron James Jr. Um, which is why they call him Bronny because of the extra pressure um, added to that so if you take Take all of that and add on playing your first year in the league with your dad, LeBron James, and his last year in the league. Like, that's just a lot. Um, first off, um, the other thing that I kind of thought about in that, too, and you kind of you kind of hit on it is that. The farewell tour aspect of this, like we've seen some and we've seen some really big ones um, throughout sports here, especially here in recent memory. But man, I, 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 every team in the league would be lining up to be able to have LeBron James's farewell season to go along with his son's first year, especially if Bronny actually turns out to be pretty good. I don't even think he has to be like a top three pick or anything like that. Just a serviceable player to make it that much cooler um, would be really interesting. Now I don't think that this would happen on like the jazz. No disrespect <laughs> to the jazz, but like I, I feel like LeBron would very much want to steer this in a like in a few specific destinations. I just sorry to the jazz. Not really. I just don't see it going down. Yeah,
1: I think he's I think he's pretty much putting the pressure because the whole idea is like, if you want me, you're gonna have to draft my son is sort of the is sort of the takeaway here. Is like if you want me, you're taking Brawny. Um I do think I, I do think the one unfortunate piece of this, and I'm saying this as a fan of LeBron, I like LeBron a lot. I think he is great for the sport. I think he's great for his community. I think he is somebody who has worked really hard to put his money where his mouth is. He, he, he is not somebody who just says things. He puts, he puts his feelings into action. So I have a lot of respect for LeBron. I just am prepared for the fact that people are inevitably going to see this and think, well, that's unfortunate for Bronny because his first year in the NBA is going to be so overshadowed by his dad, which I can, I can understand some people thinking that of like, okay, LeBron's just going to end up taking all of the like attention and brawny going to kind of get left to the wayside and then i've also seen people already talking about like well brawny going to get kind of crap for this in the nba because people are going to be like the only reason this team drafted you is so that you could play with your dad we wanted your dad not you so like i get it like i get where some of these some of this feedback and criticism is coming from like i can understand that Um, but here's the part where I'm like, unless LeBron was ready to retire, unless he's like, I'm done, I'm out. Like, I'm just going to be done, which some people might feel like, you you know, for brawny do it or whatever, but like, he's going to be in the NBA at the same time as his son. Anyway, do you want them on opposite teams from one another? Do you want them potentially playing against each other? Um, there's so many ways that this just, there's so many ways to have people criticize this. There's it's. If he retired, people would criticize that. If he ends up playing on a different team from his son, people will criticize that. If they play together, they're going to, like, it's it's not a real winnable situation here for the James family. They're, they're going to get people critical of whatever happens, no matter what it is.
0: Right, which is why I don't think they should, I don't think they care. But I also think that, uh, to me, you're going to get the criticism whichever way you decide to go with it. Um, in this case, because that just kind of comes with the territory of being him. Um, But it, it would just be so incredibly cool to see a father and son, especially a father at that level, um, play with his son, like it would just be great. Like, I think that would be really, really cool, especially considering uh, the thing that I keep thinking about, and because I started thinking of this when LeBron initially signed with the Lakers, I'm like, oh, well, how much longer could he be this good? Um, And there just doesn't seem to be an end. Um, And it made me think of it when you said, you know, eventually he's going to have to stop playing, which is true, but it just doesn't feel like that time is, is soon and it feels like honestly unless there's some sort of rehabilitating injury um, that he is going to leave when he leaves basketball he, you're going to think oh he could have continued to play which also just makes this really interesting right because it makes it to where another the team that would want to get them both is really going to go out of their way to get them because LeBron is still really good like even if he's not like the the very best player in the world right now, which he probably isn't. It's probably Giannis and Steph um, battling back and forth. Like, he's not going to be any worse than, like, 10 by the time you get him and Bronny on your team, which just makes it, because it would be totally different if you were having to, like, bring in LeBron to be, like, the seventh guy on the team um, if you were really just going out of your way to get all of this PR. Like, I, I just find that to be kind of a really, really interesting subplot to all of this.
1: Yeah, and it it's it's one of those things where um, I think a lot of people don't realize like this isn't something that has necessarily been able to happen before. Not a lot of players are able to continue playing um, long enough to be able to see their child right. meet them. And basketball is a particularly unique sport. It's not like Tom Brady was going to stick in the NFL until his son was able to be drafted because Basketball as it exists still, you, you don't have to go spend time in college. Like that, that is a benefit because you can go into the NBA right away. It, it doesn't, it's not like football where you have to go spend time in college before you can get to the NFL. You're not declaring for the NFL draft as a high school senior. It, it just, this is just a very unique situation And because of that, it, I think that's another part where people just don't really like it's, it's like, oh my gosh, how, how is this real? But the reality is, is LeBron James is old enough to have an 18 year old son (laughs) who he could potentially play in the NBA at the same time with like, that's pretty extraordinary that he has played in the NBA as long as he has, and that this is now an option
0: It also makes me feel kind of old um, because I, yeah, because I, my first exposure to LeBron was in college. I believe that was my freshman year because I'm one year, I believe I'm one year older than LeBron. Um, And when they were like televising all of his high school games, everybody remembers that. It was a lot of people's first exposure to him nationally. Um, And so to then have him be in the league long enough to then have a son that, like, that's just weird. Um, And so I feel old. And so hopefully I've made some of the rest of you feel my pain and misery with that. because obviously I, apparently i like to bring others down um, with me as well.
1: I should say i i did misspeak. I'm sorry to everyone. I knew i was wrong on this as I was saying it, but for the record, use this as like an example of it's okay to be wrong. I I understand you have to go and i i I don't know why i said this. You do have to spend one season in college. It's the one and done. It's that wow. i don't know why like um So you basically have to have a season between like high school, you have to be two, you have to be 18 or 19. I was seeing two different ones, but regardless, you have to have a season between high school and then your NBA career. So for a lot of, like you Nebraska basketball fans who are like, yeah, Bryce McGowan, it's a one and done situation. I'm not, I'm not breaking anything. I don't know that to be true, but a lot of people believe that he will only spend one season at Nebraska more than likely because he's ready to declare for the NBA draft. So my apologies, but again, let it be a thing that like, it's okay to like be wrong. And as long as you just say, like, I had that wrong and I went and Googled it and I'm now correcting myself apologies to any person who got very mad at me just now, who was like, you are wrong you're right. I was wrong. I misspoke. My bad. My bad. I don't watch enough. Greg can tell you, I don't watch enough of the NBA to like really actually know anything that's going on half the time.
0: First of all, shit happens. Uh, Second of all, um, (laughs) you don't watch enough NBA, but I'm still actively trying to recruit you to the Lakers fan base. Uh, Look, if Bronny
1: comes to, if Bronny comes to Los Angeles and it becomes a LeBron Bronny, like LA party, like I'm all in, I'm buying a Jersey. We're going, we're going like all in let's do it.
0: So it it will take a once in a generation like event to get you on onto the Lakers base. That's fine. It's fine. We at least found something. It's fine.
1: Let's do it. I mean, I'm in, see, look, ownerships. This is the stuff that people are going to be mad about. They're going to be like, this is
0: exactly what's going to happen though. (laughs) Like, I'm
1: all in like ownership. Look at this. You have an NBA fan now. Um, I just don't watch enough of the NBA. I really don't watch like really any NBA basketball or NBA. I don't know why I'm saying NBA basketball. Like I should say professional <laughs> basketball. Let's just say I don't watch enough of the NBA to like really have a team. I do like LeBron though. So look, LeBron and Bronny together, Los Angeles. I'm in, let's do this.
0: Okay. All right. Number that's fine. Fan. We've, we have got, we've got that on the record. That's the fine. The question I...
1: is, is whose Jersey do I buy? <laughs>
0: So I think, uh, uh, to me, the the Jane Senior jersey would be really cool to have.
1: Oh, that's right. Because they'd have to change the name. Because yeah. they won't just, mm. see, now it's getting even more interesting. See?
0: More merch. More, more merch. More
1: merch. Okay, I'm I'm in. I'm liking this. I'm mm-hmm. liking this. See, all I these think- people on Twitter are not liking this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Like I said, no. Do, do all the people on Twitter like anything?
1: No, but there's a lot of random things that are trending this morning on Twitter and I'm terrified for people.
0: Oh boy, yeah, that's a dangerous place um, to go through and I don't, I don't even know how to transition from that to, to the next thing that I want to talk about. So I'm just going to clunkily do it. Um, I really wanted to talk about the Olympics a little bit, right? So we just had the closing ceremony. That's ceremonies. also trending on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. We just had the closing ceremonies, um, for the Olympics. And I guess I, I kind of want to start here with you because people are always kind of all over the place as I've found about the Olympics just in general. Like, I, do you get into this? Is it different for you for winter versus summer? Like we just had the winter ones, obviously like, like how much do you consume the winter Olympics?
1: I would say in a, I would say in the past, I've consumed a lot of the Olympics, both summer and winter. I'm a big Olympics fan. Um, I really like in summer, I really like gymnastics. And then, so in winter, I'm a really big figure skating fan, but I also really like speed skating. I like, um, I like a lot of the snowboarding, uh, competitions, In summer, I do like to watch a lot of the track and field. I just would say I'm a big fan of the Olympics. With that said, I would also add that I probably watched the least amount of Olympic coverage this time than I probably ever have. To the point where when I saw that the closing ceremonies were on, oh, I also forgot curling. I I actually really like curling. Yeah, curling. It's such a great sport. Um, But I definitely did not consume and watch as much Olympic media this time as I have in the past which I kind of was surprised by when I thought about it where I was like oh I really have not I really haven't like I I typically would like carve out evenings where I would just watch I I, I would look and be like okay when does this sport compete and who's competing at this time and what are they doing it didn't do that this time outside of like the first couple of days and I think a lot of it had to do with The fact that it was hosted in china and there was a lot of there's a lot of human um rights uh i was gonna say issues but that doesn't feel strong enough for what's happening in china um there's just a lot of not great things happening and then there's just a lot of like what's happened with the russians once again uh in figure skating but even beyond that just with It just does not seem like the Russian Olympic committee, uh, has ever learned anything from anything. So I think a lot of this just pushed me away where I was like, you know, not enjoying as much. And it made me sad because like, this is the Olympics that was like Sean White's final Olympics. And I really didn't spend enough time, like really understanding and appreciating that. And, um, I don't know, it was just probably not, the Olympics that I typically get excited for which makes me which makes me sad so hopefully by the summer the next summer Olympics that that feels different because I'm usually all like the most patriotic I ever am is when the Olympics are on and I was not like that this time
0: I always say that. I say that to my wife all the time. Is that It's the most like patriotic thing uh, for me uh, yes. is watching the Olympics. And I, I, it's so weird. You would think that we had like actually like totally talked about this before the pod, but I feel exactly the way um, that you described that. Like I generally during the Olympics, like I have like the app, and we go through, we sit down or, or talk about it there at the beginning of the day. And they're like, hey, tonight we'll sit down and watch, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, these are the storylines that we need to be watching out for. The people that we're trying to see and kind of map it out and check it all out. And this year it was, <laughs> it was very much like, not like that. Um, where, to, like, I miss, like, I, don't, I honestly don't think I saw any of the figure skating, which is usually something that I'm pretty interested in. We saw... Very little um, speed skating, though I did catch some of that. I accidentally caught a bunch of the snowboarding, and that night was great. <laughs> um, and that that was just, that was a lot of fun, especially with Chloe Kim. Um, and, and so that was cool. But yeah, it was just a, it was a weird experience this year. But there still were a bunch of things that kind of stood out. And I'm, I'm going to start with kind of like I controversial um, that, that you kind of mentioned um, mm-hmm. with the Russian situation. And I, and I do want to start here because like I don't understand how it is that and, and maybe it's a perception versus reality thing. But it feels like Russia is always involved in some sort of doping scandal. Like, it feels like that is a, like, I was going to say yearly thing, but it's not yearly because the Olympics to start yearly, but every single time there's an Olympics, there's a Russian doping scandal. And somehow they never, like, have enough penalties, learn a lesson, or have, like, just consequences to actually what's happening to deter them. Like, it's just such a, it's such a strange thing to see continuously unfold.
1: I just don't think um I just don't think that the Russian athletes and Russia in general have been held accountable to a strong enough degree that it has prevented them from from continuing to dope and um the reason I say this is for so many of these athletes, or well, okay. So when ultimately Russia, they're like, after years, after years of being like these, they're, they're doping, they're testing positive for these drugs, blah, 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 blah. Um, They finally say like, they cannot compete as Russia. They have to compete as the Russian Olympic Committee. And that means they don't get to have the Russian flag. They don't get to fly the, or they don't get to fly the Russian flag. They don't get to listen to the Russian national anthem um, when a, when an athlete wins. Here's the thing, they still get to compete. And so when you have the opening ceremonies in Beijing, you've got uh, Putin sitting right there welcoming his team, even though they can't technically compete as Russia. They're the Russian Olympic Committee. It just doesn't mean anything. Russia doesn't care if you call them the ROC versus Russia. They do not care if they get to fly their flag or have a national anthem. None of that is what matters. What matters to them is winning. And so it's, it's, it's just a it is a problem to the point that there is a Wikipedia page literally de- uh, like dedicated just to doping in Russia about how forty six Olympic medals have been stripped from Russia and Russian uh, like associated Olympic teams. It's unless the Olympic unless the Olympics the committee that runs all of this sincerely says the International Olympic Committee IOC whatever unless they actually said you know what we're done. You can't compete for four, eight, 12 years, whatever mm-hmm. you cannot compete because you haven't learned and you don't seem particularly interested in learning. And so therefore you have given up the ability to compete in the Olympics unless they did that. And then other national or international, I should say competitions of the same Russia is going to continue to do this because it's not, it's not meaningful enough punishment for them. And would that suck for the athletes? Absolutely. Because I think of, I think of so many of these athletes, like um, I think of everything with Camila, the uh, Russian figure skater, who I will argue, I still think is a once in a generation type of talent, but she has these drugs found in her system. She's 15 years old. She's 15. A 15 year old is not going out and being like, what is my best doping options? Like people are failing her. And I understand that there were people who said, oh, she actually had like cross-contamination from her grandpa. I I didn't end up following up to see where that story went. Apparently took something that her, like, I don't know. Anyway, but my point is, is like, I understand the disappointment. I understand all the other athletes that were like, this is BS. She shouldn't have been allowed to continue competing, but she is considered a protected person because of her age. But for me, I'm like, how did this young woman even get mixed up in this and how is she in this situation who are the adults in her life that are failing her in some way and then on top of it you see that one piece of the figure skating co- sorry I'm fired up but you see that one moment of the competition where the entire like all of the Russian women's figure skaters like had a meltdown and you're, you're having people to point out like it looks like an abusive situation, which it probably is based on what we know about their coach. And the fact that all of them were so upset, crying, one of the women is basically like, I hate this sport. She's saying that. And then we're sitting here wondering like, why does this continue to happen? And it's because no one is, you have, you have members of the Olympic committees expressing concerns over these things going like, oh, that's really concerning. And then they don't do anything about it they don't do anything about it. Not hard enough. It's like, congrats. Okay. So is just, it's so frustrating to me. Like, it's just, I think that's what ultimately pushed me away where I was just like, you know what, this is a sport that it should feel better than this. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel good. And so it's not fun to watch.
0: No, I I totally agree with that. And I think it's so like the whole that whole thing and when it all kind of unraveled, like I was like in and out of Signal and on vacation, not around. So like I was kind of getting pieces of that. I didn't know until afterwards that the skater like that, the Russian skater who's like kind of a prodigy was only Mm -hmm. 15. Like Mm -hmm. I, I did not realize that until like after the scandal kind of like became a big thing, and like I was just kind of reading back on it, Um, and so that changed my perspective a little bit on that. In that, in that, I'm with you on. I don't think that she was out here sourcing the best doping options for herself. But I also think that this, there's just always something with Russia. And I think that you end up being in a situation where this do, it does feel abusive because, oh. and, knowing, and it feels like what it reminded me of too is like uh, in a different way, like with gymnastics and all of the different things that have happened um, with that sport from various countries, including well, the U.S. And like Sh- it's you so, have the Shakari
1: Richardson situation where she wasn't allowed to compete because she had tested positive for marriage. Marijuana.
0: Right.
1: Which marijuana is not the same type of drug that what you're finding in a lot of these Russian doping scandals. Um, marijuana doesn't exactly make someone run faster. In fact, it okay. typically would make you run slower. But yet, here's Shikari, who can't compete. Um, and so she's pointing out like, why does it feel like as a young black woman, I am not given the same um opportunity to continue competing as a young white woman? So, like, I understand all of these criticisms like I do, like, I can feel that I can feel that Camila is still a very strong figure skater. And it makes me sad that she is in this situation. And it makes me sad that these teenage Russian figure skaters are breaking down and Mm. so upset. And you're watching what like, still looks like, Again, it's not our place to like judge exactly what's going on from like just seeing it, but it looks abusive. And again, the World Dope Agency, Doping Agency has been asked to investigate what's going on, but it's just like, is anything actually going to happen? Or are they just going to continue to tell Russia, oh, you can't compete?
0: Yeah, you're just the ROC now.
1: You're just the ROC. And that's happened so
0: much, and that's so like common now with them that, of course, like, it, at first you were like, oh, I don't, what is RLC," But now you just know that that's Russia. Like, it's just like, it just, the penalty for that is just dumb. Um, but I do think that the the thing about Kerry Richardson and how all of that kind of came out and that it's just so, how do we say this? Because everything is able to be accessed now, and that as soon as that came out, I think that people made the immediate connection to those situations, and I think rightfully so in a lot of ways. Um, I think one of the, the real, like, kind of unfortunate situations I, I, or portions of this is that how little the United States really kind of fought for her and her situation versus what obviously Russia likes to do when their people come up in any mm-hmm. of these situations, um, especially considering one is a performance enhancing drug and one is clearly not. And so that that whole subplot of all of that was, was, was really interesting as well. Um, there's just a lot there with that portion of it, and it does put, I think that that is one element that does put a damper on kind of the entire Olympic experience um, for people that really get into this normally as we both are. Um, and that it it's just really unfortunate that that happened because there's always so many good um, things that come out of the Olympics, but they often get overshadowed by things like this.
1: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think a lot of this stuff just like really added up for me where I'm like, you know, there's so much, I just think that the the Olympics needs to have a bit of a reckoning like I like I brought up Shakari Richardson her not being able to compete in the summer Olympics is is massively disappointing and there is there is whether people want to have that conversation or not there is racism tied up in the thing that I, I think that people kind of forget is things don't always have to be intentional it's it can be something where the it's, it's systemic and the intent was not to, um, put her in a situation where it, the thing is, is first and foremost, the Olympics need to probably, and most international competitions need to really re re-con- reconsider their stance on, um, cannabis and marijuana use, because it is not the same drug that so many, Oh, these dopey, like, it's just, it's not, it's just not, and the I, same, no. <laughs> it's just not the same. And I understand there are people that are going to hear me say that and they're going to get, un, they're going to get all up in arms and think that I'm being like, I, I don't personally, like I, I, while I don't personally um smoke or do anything with marijuana, I just, it doesn't bother me if other people do. I just don't think it's the drug that people like kind of have made it out to be. I think it is a, I think it has been proven to be a more beneficial drug for so many people than it has not been um but my entire point with that is you have you have these situations where so many black athletes are facing um just exponentially harder circumstances to get to where they need to be on an international stage especially with the olympics and then you have situations where something like this russia just continues to sort of be given a slap on the wrist and it it it, it gets hard to want to support a competition where you feel like the whole thing is just, I don't know. It just, it it feels very like kind of gross and Mm. yuck. And I don't know. It's just, and it makes me sad because there's so many really talented, a lot of first, a lot of women made history at these Olympics. And it's just so hard to like, (laughs) it's just so hard to be like excited. Honestly. And not because I'm not excited for them. It's just hard to want to like show up and watch it because I don't know. It also, it
0: feels like the Olympics are, uh, how do I say, like unnecessarily old school. (laughs) Gives us a way to, like, and like they just never, like it's one of the, like, I don't know if it's one of the last like big things that just like have not progressed in many ways, right? Like it just feels Mm -hmm. very, very traditional and old school still as everything else in the world evolves around it. Right. And I think that that I, ends up catching up with the Olympics a lot as we end up going through like, and, and it feels like now it's more and more. Um, and the last couple Olympics that have happened, there's always controversies coming into it. And then there's always things that happen during and then things that people are talking about after now. Um, and maybe that was always the case. But I do think that part of that is the Olympics itself, not being willing to adapt to all sorts of situations around it. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I just think that that's kind of how we end up here. Uh, But you did mention, though, and I want to make sure to to get something good in here, that there were a lot of firsts, there were a lot of records, there were a lot of really cool things. Um, And so I just want to note one really cool thing that was a first for me that I never had noticed before. So we're just kind of watching and we're flipping through, we're on the, the Peacock app, and we see, because their UI is weird, like a weird icon for a sport that we had never heard of. And so I click it and it turns out that, and I don't know if you guys, if you guys saw this, listen in or Aaron, if you saw it, it's the biathlon,
1: Yes. Um, okay. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this thing, it was awesome. So like we got like really into this. Um, and if you are familiar with it, I'm gonna just read you off of Britannica.com the description of what this is and sa- see if this doesn't sound like something that you need to be getting into. Biathlon is a winter sport combining cross-country skiing with rifle marksmanship. The sport is rooted in the skiing traditions of Scandinavia, where the early inhabitants revered the Norse god Yule U L L as both the ski god. And and the hunting god yule goddess wife scotty was also celebrated as a hunter skier the combined skills of skiing and rifle marksmanship were first developed by the region's militaries like it's as incredible as it sounds like i had no idea what was happening as we were watching this and then you kind of because they go through a few times and they kind of go at the same time um, and then one lady like came through and i'm sorry, i should have went back and found her name i apologize the woman that won gold um, for the one that we watched she's like booking it through on skiing and they kept talking about how she was both the fastest skier and the best shooter and I'm like well what does that mean because it's one of the first people that we saw and then they like lay down and shoot their rifles it was amazing like I thought that that was really cool um and I feel like every like year or every couple of Olympics I discover a new sport a couple of um, times ago it was curling and that ended up kind of being a huge craze um I don't know if biathlon is going to be able to be a craze in the way that curling was because it's just a whole lot more stuff involved in that um but biathlon shout out to that because it was a lot of fun
1: yeah i i saw a little bit of it on tv too and was like what is happening what a sport
0: (laughs) what a sport so was there something was there something really cool that you noticed uh during this olympics
1: like i said i didn't probably watch enough of it i remember thinking that watching figure skating and watching camila was like something where um i don't know i was just like she's incredible. And I still feel that way. It's really unfortunate. Um, I still think she's really talented. So I think sometimes when you watch athletes that you're like, Hey, this is the future of something like, it's really exciting. Um, but I, I would say other than that, like I didn't get a chance to watch his stuff. And so that makes me sad. I'll probably have to go back, but like, obviously Sean White seeing the end of his Olympic career, um, has been such a like pivotal part of, um, just snowboarding at the Olympics for so long. Um, just kind of like sad to see that end, but, um, I mean, there's so many things of history, so many athletes made history. And so like that kind of stuff, I always get really excited about. So there's, there's some good, um, and I mean, I just didn't watch enough of it, which also makes me sad, but you know, the little I did, it, it was, it's always, Again, I'm always the most patriotic whenever the Olympics come around. That doesn't change.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's al- it's always a fun time uh to just get up see a, a united states um person oh win something, curling at, curling you know can
1: saying? be my winner i love curling
0: <laughs> curling is so great um it, it, it's just so much fun uh to watch um i still don't understand the rules after all this time um, i can explain them to you sometime okay that's, that's fine we can do that watch like youtube videos and have you explain it's them. actually
1: not as difficult and you start to um see the uh strategy it's actually a actually a game of strategy as much as it is talent and everything else there's a lot of strategy that goes into it so um yeah it's a it's a it's a fun sport
0: okay cool so we're gonna in the show uh as we always do uh with my favorite segment of, of the week uh which is called put them on blast where we put someone on blast for something that they did or said put them on blast um, i'm gonna actually go first and this time i'm gonna go with two people because I think it's important that both of them are actually put on blast and this is going to go for uh, Wisconsin coach Greg Gard and Michigan coach Juwan Howard. You you, Come on you you said you were surprised (laughs) for a second um, (laughs) of where this is going. If you have been online or in front of a TV uh, for the last like day, day and a half, um, you have seen the footage now. I'll link it in the show notes um, of the two coaches kind of getting into an altercation of sorts after the game Um, and the reason that I'm put both of them on blast because I'm only seeing one person in the headlines of all of this, and that's Jawan Howard. Um, And he should not, I will say this up front, he should not have tried to open hand slap Greg Gard, but I will also say that Greg Gard should not have put his hands on Jawan Howard as well. Um, I I was going to say the actual phrase, I feel like this was a mess around and find out type of situation. Um, And so that's what happened to Greg Gard. I think that the whole thing – and this has kind of been building with Michigan anyway because they've had a couple of situations with Juan Howard, but they've also had a couple of situations where they've taken exception with the way the teams in the Big Ten have acted at the end of games. It's gone the other way as well with them having full-court presses at the end of games as well. I think that that's a lot of foolishness. I think that it, it's, it's, it got to be too much, obviously, in the unfortunate situation that happened um, with the altercation. But I also think that everyone – involved in this was wrong like there are all sorts of people like egging it on um and trying to instigate and too many people like coming at each other like it was just a lot um and again the they all need to go on blast the two head coaches specifically um even though we're only seeing juan howard um be yelled at during this situation so for all of that those two need to go on blast
1: Yeah. I, I think what's he did not, he, you should never ever take a swing at anyone or anything like that. That kind of stuff is just like, do not do that. Do not be that dumb. Um, But the whole thing kind of made me, I I did see the angle where he did grab at Wisconsin's coach, like jacket, but I, I keep going back to the fact that like, why did he have to get stopped? The whole thing just felt really felt really not great to me. And I just think it's, I think people just need to be careful because I think a lot of times it can start to teeter into points that you're not intending to make. And I think I've seen a lot of people start to make points where I'm like, I don't know if that's what you're trying to say, but you need to be mindful and be careful about what you're, what you're kind of offering to the world, which fits really well with what I'm going to put on blast. And I'm going to be a little bit more vague in how I say this, because I want to be intentional that I don't want to speak specifically, but, um, Nebraska women's basketball has, Had a bit of off-court drama in the last few days surrounding the uh, suspension of one of its coaches, associate head coach Chuck Love, and then Ashley Scoggin, who is one of Nebraska's uh, best three-point shooters. She is no longer on the roster, has been removed not only from the website, but has been confirmed by Nebraska that she is not even on the team. Uh, Amy Williams ended up saying on Sunday that she's still being supported by the university but could offer no further details or information at this time the university said the exact same thing about Chuck Love um here's the important part that I'm I'm putting on blast is I'm putting all the people who are responding to this on Twitter in inappropriate ways on blast because a lot of people have decided to tie this whole scenario together whether they regardless of what is known or not people have made the decision that they understand that these two things are related and as a as a relation to that are being very misogynistic in how they're talking about this the things that they are saying are incredibly harmful and here's what i would offer whether or not you think someone like ashley will ever see what you say doesn't matter Women in your life and people that you know are going to see what you say. And some people are saying some pretty horrific things, like horrific things, like you are being very misogynistic. My my offering in this is you and I, until it is given to us, do not know what happened, nor do we need to speculate, nor do we need to go just disparage people's names in the in the meantime. There's no reason to do that, but just being very mindful of the fact that a lot of the language that is being used is very misogynistic. It's very, very sexist. It's very, it's, it's concerning to me. As, as a person who talks about supporting women in sports, here's what I will offer to you. I am not saying that you need to go support or when, anything, you don't need, but just maybe just don't say anything at all. Just you're, you do not need to come on the internet And start making really coded, using really coded language and making some horrible comments about a young woman when you do not have the information. I just think it's really important. Be mindful of your words, be mindful of what you are putting into the universe, because you may think, I can delete that. The internet is forever. I'm just really 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 upset by the things that people are so openly willing to say and these are people not hiding behind troll accounts. These are these are people who have their faces, have their names, everything and they are saying things that are just really alarming to me. So, I am putting people on blast who just cannot honestly just take a step back and and just say this is a really unfortunate situation all around that there is a person currently suspended. Um, there is a player no longer on a team. Um, but it is not, it is not my business to be in until I have been given the full information. I just, I don't know if any of that makes sense. I just think people are being very, um, just don't love some of the language that I'm seeing. And I think people need to be very careful and how they speak about things especially when they maybe are not fully privy to information or they think they know when we don't like i i'm just saying i only have what the university has given us so why am i seeing some horrible things said on twitter but it's just makes me it makes me really uncomfortable
0: and, and I think uncomfortable is the right way to put it. And I also think that this it uh, it's similar to and it, the uncomfort was there for this, too. And it feels like, unfortunately, like once a season or quarter, like you get something like this. And I don't know if this is like this everywhere because I don't cover everywhere. Um, but Nebraska, I don't know if Nebraska is unique in this, but there is. Every once in a while, like I said, maybe once a quarter, there's one of these like kind of like intense rumor mill stories, right? And mm-hmm. you've seen it. You've seen it a couple of times in football over the last couple of years, both about coaches and both about players. Um, you've seen it other places as well um, in Nebraska athletics. And I don't know. I I just don't know what to do with that. Like, and I don't know why people are so comfortable going there. Because oh, by the way, I don't know if any of the previous ones have been proven to be true and I'm not going to go through them and like name them. Um, but like, it's just, it's just a weird and uncomfortable thing to see play out and why people are so comfortable, a just kind of parroting those things, but then not only that taking it a step forward and just being awful about it. Right. Like, I just, it's just a really like kind of strange and ugly situation. Um, that just can like i said continues to pop up every once in a while
1: i think my biggest i think my biggest offering in all of this space is that it is it is not a bad thing to just wait just to let um to to understand that sometimes um we do not need to be privy to information and um here's here's what i can offer as a journalist if something comes from the university it we will share it you will be the first to know like we will we shared the information from the university um if there is something that is uh significantly impacting a team um and is uh if here's what I don't want like, like I'm, th- I'm fearful that people are going to misunderstand what I'm saying and assume that I'm saying that like we won't report things we absolutely will report things especially if it's relevant especially mm-hmm. if it's relevant to a team and 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 I'm just saying what I'm not loving right now is some of the, the messages that I'm seeing that are just really damaging and, um, it without having confirmation or knowledge of what you're speaking to, to just be very comfortable spreading rumors with some, like I said, with so many people with their names attached is, alarming to me because it's it's dangerous again the person that you're talking about may not see what you're saying and this goes across the board with all kinds of things so maybe i'm just putting social media on blast like in general but it wouldn't be it, the
0: first time on this show
1: it wouldn't be the first time <laughs> i just think it's important to be mindful that it it because I see sometimes people who like to do these things where like, so well, why isn't the media reporting on this? What do, What is there to report at this time? Like we have reached out for comment. We have mm-hmm. asked for more and we have not been given that. I'm not in the job of speculation, nor will I. And I don't think having random people on Twitter start speculating, speculating, spreading rumors is a healthy environment because then what happens is you start to get people who are like, Hey, did you hear about this? Hey, did you hear about this? And it just becomes a rumor mill and it becomes worse and worse and worse. And then you're already like adding to a not great situation for like, it doesn't have to even just be this. I'm just saying, like, I've seen just a lot of I've just seen a lot of really um, misogynistic takes and um, sexist takes and all I would say is it's, it's not your circus, like just back off, Um, let this be dealt with by the people who need to deal with whatever, just like any scenario um, and, and be mindful of the words that you are using because You may think that you're offering something, but you're not. You're actually telling a lot of people, um, Hey, I speak this way about women. I speak this way about whatever. Um, it just makes me, it just makes me uncomfortable.
0: I definitely would agree with that, and that will do it for us through this week. Uh, subscribe to this podcast everywhere that you listen to them. Rate us, leave us a five star review if you only leave four. I am inclined to think you're a hater, and nobody wants that. Uh, <laughs> make sure you're checking out to the other podcasts on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron and Sasha, uh, the Varsity Club, Nebraska Prep's Post Game Show, and the Hill Varsity Radio Show. Also, make sure you're checking out the Hill Varsity YouTube page. I'm back on there with the Recruiting Question Video of the Week. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Greg Smith HB and at Aaron Sorensen. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. A Huda Media Production.